Welcome to the I Hate Everyone podcast, the only podcast run by a 24-year-old black magician from Wisconsin. What a combination. Currently living in New York, featured by the New York Times, AM New York, Complex, ABC, NBC, Fox, Smithsonian, History coming up, Netflix coming up, slated for a a bunch of different uh, shows for one-off appearances this uh, 2021. So we'll see what happens. Got a new agent now managed by A3 Artist Agency. Fun fact. So that's very interesting. I've been making a lot of moves in this time that I've been off and trying to do a lot of different things simultaneously. So that's why I've been taking my time a little bit. You know, I went through this phase where I uploaded an episode every single day. I said, you guys need to hear my voice every single day. And it was a really fun phase, but I ran out of shit to talk about, and the world got hard, and then I also had to go to L.A. to film that pilot. So now I'm here, back to save the day, the hero of Harlem, the skinny Luke Cage, not save the day. I am smoking weed at 3 a.m. Uh, Glory, who is my partner, is gone to Iowa, so I don't have much to do. We have hung out, like, every night for the last, like, three weeks, I think. So, like, every night it's like, ooh, going to see Glory tonight. And now it's like my days go so slow because I don't know what to do. So I've been watching a bunch of videos. I've been watching a lot of videos lately. I've been um, reading about the Enlightenment era in England. Um, I don't know why. I've been feeling like this has been reminding me a lot of my history classes, like, in high school when the, like, with the Enlightenment era. And um, specifically, I've been trying to read Voltaire who has a book called Candide, which is a, a, it's like a book, uh, it's like a a short, it's not a short story, it's a fictional story about a a boy named Candide who eventually, who essentially gets in, eventually, who essentially gets in all these different weird situations that it's, it's supposed to be like a political satire, right, you know, so it's like supposed to be like Candide, like, like goes into a town, and it's like, oh, man, I wish I could pay for this food, and people are like, oh, pay for the food you say who pays for food when people look as good and as white as you do candide and it's like ah yes sorry i almost forgot you know it's like shit like that and i read this and it's like the guy like voltaire like i mean people knew this already that's why they talk about it but it's very interesting to hear like his perspectives or at least jokes that he made like 400 years ago you know what i mean like this motherfucker is talking like he's saying shit like um, <clears throat> excuse me, something, something, something. And then and someone's like, what are you, an idiot? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I thought glasses were made because they fit humans' ears so well. I, and it's like, I thought pigs were made to be eaten. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. I guess pigs weren't made to be eaten. So it's like, uh, that's what I've been doing lately, trying to like figure out this enlightenment. So I actually misquoted his joke because I was trying so hard to remember. It's late at night. I'm RJ from the future sitting in bed listening to this again and realizing that Voltaire didn't say, why do glasses fit ears so well? He literally said, obviously ears were made because they fit glasses so well. And I was like, ah, that's really funny. So anyway, back to this podcast, back, 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 back to the podcast era which is reminding me right now of 2020 it was it was an era where people were starting to question government have libertarian value libertarian liberal liberal values excuse me this is late at night i'm trying my best liberal values and they really started like asking why things tick why things happen you know that was the enlightenment period and especially it was marked by the transformation from drinking like ale a lot of like beer and things like that because they didn't have a shit ton of clean water like wine they went from drinking that all day every day to like drinking coffee and teas and different kinds of things like that so uh that's uh kind of uh can you imagine uh, there i ever listened to the whole ted this whole ted talk about it and i had a class one of my communication classes we uh, talked about this in college that um 
the enlightenment period can you imagine just like everyone being buzzed or drunk all day and then going to everyone having like extra energy you know what i mean everyone having an extra five hours of their day that's revolutionary you know leads to a fucking industrial revolution and shit like that so i mean uh that's one theory at least moving on so the thing i I wanted to talk to you guys about today you know like it's late why why would i like bother you guys this late and i guess this isn't late for you this is late for me this is early for you does not matter I wanted to really talk about false binaries, false dilemmas, false dichotomies, right? I've recently realized a few things. One thing is that if you listen to this podcast and you truly understand what I'm saying, I believe that you, not because of me necessarily, but if you really think about what I'm saying beyond me, I believe that you're like a, an enlightened person. I believe that you're somebody that, that thinks about things critically, but it's more than just thinking about things critically. It's about being presented with information and being able to take yourself out of a situation. Maybe not necessarily doing the right thing because it's really hard to always do the right thing, but maybe at least knowing the pieces at play and knowing what the right thing is. And that's important. Knowing that you didn't make the right choice is also important. So I've been trying to remember since when have I been this objective? You know what I mean? Like, again, and this is not like if I'm mad, I can know I'm mad and I won't be mad. That's not what it is. But it's like I can at least be like, yo, I know I'm being unfair in the situation and it's going to take me some time and I'm not going to be rational right now. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like that thing. And I need to get better at communicating that, honestly. So that's that's my that's my struggle. But it's like since when have I been able to look at a Trump speech and be like, that's a good speech? Even though Trump is an awful person, since when I've been able to be like, that's a great speech. This rhetoric is there. And you might be like, Trump has never given a good speech. I just burped. Trump has absolutely given good speeches. And what I mean by that is that's like saying Amy Winehouse has never given a good concert, right? I know she's not alive. I'm very sorry. But that's like somebody that like I don't particularly love, right? She has a diehard fan base, right? Diehard fan base. And there are people who go her, to her concert and could be like, that was the best concert ever. Just because I'm not a fan doesn't mean it was a bad concert. You know, it was a bad concert to me. And to 56, uh, 56, 52, something like that, percent of the United States, Trump is putting on a really great concert. And you might be like, it's not 52%. I don't know, man. Like, there's a lot of people that, like, Corona, you know, it's like a lot of people couldn't get out of their houses to vote in person, so they'd rather just not vote at all. I'm not sure we're still out of the thick of this yet. But anyway, since when I've been... Since when I've been uh, Follow me on Instagram at RJ the Magic Can. Follow me on Instagram at RJ the Magic Can. Not magician. I've also been TikToking. Follow me on TikTok at RJ the Magician. Magic Can. Magic Can. And I post some uh, magic videos. You guys want to check it out? But um, TikTok got me, and I have a lot of really interesting analyses. Analysis. I don't even know the word. A lot of interesting thoughts on TikTok. Every time I open it, it's a bunch of white kids, and it's just like nigga shit, nigga shit, nigga, nigga, nigga shit. I gotta close it before like they hear me in the fucking bank or some shit. But moving on. Since when have I been uh, this analytical? I suppose the word could be. And honestly, I always thought I was smart, right? That's not what being analytical is. You can be very analytical and not be very intelligent. And also, I was not as smart as I thought I was at all. I did not know as many things as I did, as I thought I knew. I didn't know, I didn't understand as many concepts that I understand now. You know what I mean? Like, now, like, when I read about, like, theoretical physics, like in the episode, this is a weird one where we talk about the fourth dimension or where I watch a video about 
pie. I watched a video about pie yesterday. Not, not like cooking pie, but like the number pie. And you might be like the number pie. Number one, pie is a number. One thing that I never understood in college. I never understood that pie like is not like a symbol for something else. It's really like a number, like an actual number. And you might be like, well, pie is a, a symbol for something else. Isn't pie circumference over diameter? Yeah, but what does circumference over diameter mean? It means if you have a circle, right, and then you have a line going through the circle in the middle, exactly in the middle, it means you can take that line exactly through the middle and you can wrap that around the circle 3.14 times. You can wrap it around three times in a little bit, but they can't figure out how much that little bit is. And it goes on forever. They're still trying to figure that shit out. Now, the concept of pi is being a number that goes, or like a symbol, symbolizing 3.14 or 159, something, something, something that goes on forever. And that means like it's irrational, like was like a fact to me in high school. That made sense. It was a fact. I know you guys all knew this. I don't want you to think I'm an idiot. Probably am an idiot. But like I knew this, but I didn't understand that like the number pi was just trying to figure out why or what the like yeah i guess what the reasoning for what the, the significance of the fact that the middle of the circle wraps around the outside of a circle an indefinable amount of times an irrational amount of times they'll never know exactly they're thinking they'll probably never know how it's going exactly how many times this goes around the circle to the to the point and everything can be measured to the point almost everything but why not this and they're trying to figure that out and this pie is key to so many things in life that we don't even realize. And that's something that, like, I was like, whoa, if I would have known this at, like, 15, maybe I would have been, like, a fucking, I don't know, I wouldn't, I don't enjoy math. But I'll, like, see things that, like, I never really understood, and now I understand them. And now it's interesting that I'm discovering in my life, I'm, things like this expand my mind, and they, like, awaken me, if that makes sense. This sounds, like, really fucking lame, but it sounds like something... Uh, I guess it feels like when you can understand something that you didn't know you couldn't understand before, it's a hard feeling, but it's like tasting a taste you didn't know you could taste. So the best example I could give is when I tasted bone marrow butter for the first time on some fresh pita bread. It was like this butter that tasted like meat, but it was just tender, but it was like delicious, but it wasn't greasy. And I was really trying to, if I wish I could describe it to you, but it was the greatest thing I've ever had. And it was solid when you spooned it onto the butter, but the butter melted it. Or the, the, when you spoon it onto the pita, but the pita melted it like butter, but it was still like meat. So it was like a meat butter jelly. And it was just like the most incredible thing. It doesn't sound good, but it was hot and it was delicious. And, and like that, like describing it to somebody who's never tasted it, like I could never, I couldn't, cause I can't, I couldn't imagine what that shit would taste like if I hadn't, if I hadn't done it, but it was like the most delicious thing I ever had. Right. So, uh, shit like that. Like, it's not expanding your mind necessarily to eat these things, like, in terms of your intelligence, I suppose. Like, you could argue that once you taste it one time, then you can, like, you know, like, taste it again and know what, like, if it's in something else. And that makes you, like, a more knowledgeable person. But I don't think, like, that necessarily is the same type of mandi- mind, <laughs> mind expansion that I'm talking about. But that's the closest example I can give. You know, when you, like, taste something that you can't truly describe that you didn't know existed before, that's kind of what it's like in general for for what I feel like I went through in my life, you know, and I think we all should feel like we go through different stages of this, you know, sometimes we stop, but we all do, you know, there's a time where we didn't know that people were people. And then we learned that people were people. There was a time where we didn't know that everyone was different, 
or that everyone had different points of view. I'm sure we all had the high thought once, a really basic awakened thought is that everyone's life is as important to them as ours is to us. And we're like, yo, I'm the main character of my life, but that guy that I'm passing is having a day that's just as important as mine. You know, like things like that, where you start to be like, whoa, shit, like, this changes everything, how I view people, you know, like little things like this. So one thing that has recently opened my mind a lot is something that we talked about before, um, but something that I think I can go into a little bit more detail about. And this is the example of a false dilemma, a false binary, a false uh, dichotomy. Uh, you can call it a lot of different words for it, argu- uh, depending on whether you're talking about argumentation or theology or like, uh, you know, like law, things like that. Um the different names for essentially a situation in which people feel they have two options, but there's not, not, there's almost never two options. There's probably never two options. You know, there's always more than two options. And you might be like, what do you mean? And I'm, so the closest example that you probably thought of and that I would think of off the bat is the presidency. We have to pick, like, who is it? Who, who is it? Fucking Biden or Trump? I fucking knew this when this feels like a year ago. Biden or Trump? You have to pick one, right? Theoretically, you don't have to pick one. There's multiple different options. You know what I mean? Theoretically, we didn't even have to have the election the way we did. You know, like, theoretically, someone could have planned some crazy plan to, like, fucking throw off the election so that we could have gotten, like, four representatives, maybe. But, you know, that takes a lot of work. But so does an election. <laughs> I mean, imagine if the election money went somewhere else. But they, it can't go somewhere else. Why can't it? Like, what would it take? Is it really that hard? And this is the problem that we run into in society. With everything, it's always so difficult because we can only do this or we can only do that. And this false dilemma that we're always stuck in, you know, like we can either break up or we can stay together. That's not the only option. You know what I mean? You can enter a poly relationship. Maybe you could try long distance. I don't know. That's a simple version. But like, what about something more complex like God? So this is, I I recently watched a video on YouTube, um, a really great video (laughs) called uh, Arguments for the Existence of God Tier List. And it's different theological arguments for the existence existence of God ranked on a list from F to A or F to S, excuse me, F F to D to C to B to A to S. And S is the best. And... Essentially, he uh, rated different theological arguments for the existence of God. And the top argument that he gave was that uh, everything in the world, essentially, a lot of people argued the Goldilocks effect with the with the universe and that everything in the world is just so perfect that if anything were slightly out of whack, that um, the world would essentially like explode. So for that reason... Uh, there has to be some intelligent designer, someone that's tweaking everything to make sure that it stays perfect. You know what I mean? If the tectonic plates were in a slightly different spot, you know, the, there could have fucking been a worldwide catastrophe earthquake that like crumbles us all or something like that. You know what I mean? If the, the, the sun wasn't exactly that close, we would uh, we would freeze. But if it was too far, I don't know if it wasn't exactly that close. Yes, we could freeze or we could uh, burn up in a fiery uh, earth hell. One of the one of the two. You know what I mean? We have these. Uh, these assumptions that it's like everything's so perfect. And that's what I used to learn in church. Everything is so perfect that it had to have someone design it, right? Just like a house that like was built. It had to have someone design it. Because if it didn't, then it was created by evolution. I guess not even created. It just evolved. Everything evolved. The Big Bang. And how does that happen? Who caused the Big Bang? It would have to be God, right? So, like, it's either evolution, which is wrong, or it's God, because it's God. And... It took me my whole life until, like, tonight 
tonight to realize that God and evolution are not the only two options. What do I mean? In the episode, this is a weird one where we talk about the fourth dimension. We talk about how uh, we're essentially able, this is such a hard concept to explain in summary. We're essentially able to create our, our own dimensions in like video games and things like that, like worlds. We can create our own worlds in the 2D. We are 3D. Isn't there, there could be a 4D creating us, you know, to the extent that we know, you know, like Mario doesn't know he was created and he has his own little life, you know, like the characters of Mario's life say things. Mario could run forever and we could just let him go. You know what I mean? And it would just, he wouldn't move, but he wouldn't know why he's not moving. That would just be his life, you know? And we don't know why we can't fly. That's just our life. We don't know why we can't get to space or go on Mars. That's just our life. Whatever in someone else's dimension. doesn't mean we're not real. just means that we're a lower level being like Mario. You know, and someone could have a way higher consciousness that we can't even describe. That was essentially uh, the point I was trying to make in that podcast. So. So, for instance, in Mario's world, if I code a house and put it in his in his world, Mario just sees a house appear. He can't see off the screen. He just sees a house, has no idea someone else like me is controlling it. And Mario goes in the house and doesn't know why he's running towards the house. Just like we don't know why we're going to work and paying taxes. <laughs> You know, what if we're being controlled by somebody else who's setting arbitrary rules up that we think that we've created, but we created these rules for no reason. Like, why are we paying to live? That's another false dilemma. Well, what are you going to do? Be homeless? You don't have to either be homeless or pay to live. We could create a world where we don't pay to live because we all own it, right? But we don't all own it. Why don't we if we all our ancestors started at the same time? These are the questions. But anyway, false dilemma with God. What do I mean? I mean that if there is a fourth dimension... I guess we could attribute that to God. You know, if someone was controlling us, that could be a God. You know, that could be the God, the concept of God. But is God just all-encompassing? Is anything that we don't understand just God? So we have to we have to bar that. We have to say that's not true. We can't just say everything we don't understand is God. If we today found out we we're in a video game and someone programmed us, would people just go, oh, look, that's God. We can't do that. Because that would just be every, oh, evolution happened? that's God, you know, oh, we hatched for a giant egg, one giant egg just appeared, that's God, you know, we can't just do that for everything. So the two options we give are either evolution happened, a mysterious force, Big Bang, caused by nothing, or God. But what if there's a third option or a fourth option? Not like God in conjunction with evolution or not like evolution caused God, which created Nothing like that. But what if there's something that we just can't possibly conceive? Not create, not a creator and not a mysterious like comet that like created a bang in the universe with some other kind of even know how the Big Bang works. You know, not like, you know, I can't even describe it. I can't even, I don't have the words. What if there's a third option to how we, and I'm sure there's philosophers that have come up with third options, but I didn't even consider that there could be a third option, something that isn't God, isn't mystical, something that isn't science-based, something that's not like evolution, but another reason for why we were not even, the word wouldn't even be created or why we evolved, but it would be a different word. I don't even know what it would be. For instance, there's nothing saying that we are not just a manifestation of a dream of a cartoon character that someone else is watching right now. And you might be like, well, that's crazy. Is that crazier than the idea 
that some cosmic being just randomly created everything and that cosmic being has just been here forever. And the concept of something being here before time was created and the concept of creation being a creation in itself. So the, con- so the concept of making things didn't exist until something decided to make the idea of making things. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the idea of creation wasn't a thing. Something had to just be there to create the idea of creation. So to put that back in the 4D world perspective, the idea that, for instance, if I was playing like Paper Mario or something and Mario could draw on the paper or something, the idea that Mario can now like draw on things in the game was not a feature until somebody programmed that into the game. It had to be put into the game. The idea of creating in 2D had to become... You really have to go listen to that podcast if you haven't listened to the podcast about four, the fourth dimension. Because I do talk about some like actual like theoretical uh, physics, but I do talk about a lot of like uh, things that I feel like kind of like colloquial ways to explain it. Because uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson did a really good job in explaining it, but I wanted to like make it more like colloquial and make it a little bit more applicable for the podcast. So you really have to listen to that so that you can understand maybe. Um, because this is like kind of a weird thing to like, uh, I shouldn't have brought this. I shouldn't have done it like this. But anyway. I said we could be in a cartoon character's dream. You might be like, that's ridiculous. But like, why is this level of ridiculousness any different from the level of ridiculousness of something that was just there since before time, before the concept of time was created, before anyone could measure anything in years? Even if we knew how long ago God was in years, God was before years, so it wouldn't matter. You know what I mean? So like, why is this concept weirder than the concept of the cartoon thing well who created the cartoon well what can't the cartoon just be there <laughs> like and the cartoon isn't god but it's just there and why is that any different than just in in a blank void of space a collision happening that starts all things now we're talking about evolution that's a like a weird theory like the theory that there was like nothing psh, stuff and then we and then because of this we we investigate science, right? We have a hypothesis. A hypothesis is, is is if I was like, I think we're in the mind of cartoon, then I was finding evidence that I studied to support that. So, for instance, I could say that the monolith that appeared that that there's a monolith that appeared somewhere in the world. I don't even know what that means. It's like a it was like a a big metal pole that appeared in the middle of a desert, and everyone was like, "How did it get there?" So, like, there are the news channels were studying it and everything, and no one knew how it got there, right? Now, what if we're being drawn? You know, like in real time, we're just being drawn, and as soon as you draw us, we come to life, and that's how like we're actually like created, right? What if the monolith was just a piece of lead? <laughs> A piece of lead that fell on our paper and someone forgot to pick it up. And I created a religion around this monolith saying that we're just on paper. And then we save this monolith. And a thousand years from now, they find the technology to like see what's inside of it. And inside is a bunch of graphite supporting my idea that this monolith was just a pencil this whole time. A piece of lead, right? That's what science is, isn't it? You know, like we like have an idea, you know, like we think that we started in this blank void of space, right? And then we find all this evidence supporting that idea, a a hypothesis. We find all this evidence supporting a hypothesis. The evidence that we find is not 
tainted, but it's like almost everything that we find is subjective because they're all trying to prove something. We never just find something to find something. We find something to prove things. We find dinosaur bones because we think there's these things called dinosaurs and this proves that. You know, but since we have so little on how the world was created, the universe was created, we're really just throwing darts and seeing like what might have happened. But we have no idea. And that's why Elon Musk is like, maybe we're in a simulation. You know, who's on the other side of that simulation? Probably someone that's nothing like us. Probably things that are nothing like us. Maybe things without hands, you know, like things without faces. It's like this is sounds like really high shit, but I'm just like probably really high. But I'm also like sitting here realizing that it hasn't been God versus evolution this whole time. It's been God versus the unknown. It's God versus everything else. And when I think when you unrestrict your mind from, and this isn't advice, it's not an advice podcast, but this is just something that I like to try to do as like almost like a thought exercise, I suppose, because it helps with like objectivity and things like that. When you uh, unconstrict your mind from false binaries, you really... Uh, when someone says we can do this or we can do this, it's like, actually, we don't have to do that. We can do both. We can do something else that we didn't consider, you know? And I think that's probably something that I've always had in me. You know, I've always had that ability. I've always had the ability deep inside because I've always loved doing things unconventional ways. You guys know I moved to New York a year ago and now I'm fucking like pitching this show to like one of the biggest networks in the United States. And I just filmed this pilot in Corona, you know, while everyone, you know what I mean? Everyone is like fucking, (laughs) this is like a little flex. Everyone's like stuck inside and no one's able to do shit in the entertainment industry. And I'm here trying to like make my fucking bag. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's different ways to do everything. And the traditional way people will tell you to, to get a TV show that's about your life is to do a bunch of blah, blah, blah. And then like, da, 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 maybe you write a book, blah, blah, blah. Then you do a book tour, blah, blah, blah. And then you do this and you do that. And it's like, I'm not saying I have all the answers or that I already got this. Cause I definitely did not. But what I'm saying is I took kind of a bet on the unconventional path of becoming the Houdini museum director putting out a bunch of press, seeing if anyone would be interested in my story while I'm young instead of waiting until I'm too old, essentially making, throwing a shot when I'm 35 because I've had the experience, you know what I mean? So there's like different ways and no one would have told me to take this way, but I'm like, maybe there's a different way. And not that I'm the king of different ways, you know, this is just my example, but this is why I'm doing something in Corona that a lot of people, you know, like wish they could do. And this is something that, like, I would have wished I could do a year ago. And I still can't believe I'm doing it. So there's always a different way in life. And I think when you think about those different ways is when you can really find, like, interesting avenues to success. You know, and that's, like, the first SoundCloud rapper had to be a SoundCloud rapper. You know, the first person to put their music on, like, the Internet for free and people, like, to pop off and then to make money from, like, selling merch and shit, like, Chance the Rapper style, you know what I mean? The first person, like, uh, fucking um, Soja Boy to make millions of dollars off of making a funny music video, you know what I mean? The first person to do all of these different concepts where there was a different way. Like, look, Soja Boy, you can sign or you can stay at home. And it's like, nah, there's a different way. I'm going to make a dance to support my song and release a video and have everyone doing it around the world touring just with that song. 
And sometimes you might be like, oh, well, sometimes I think we think people are just dumb because they do present different ways that we haven't heard of and haven't considered and don't even think are plausible or possible. And I think that's the reason why we shoot down so many like interesting ideas, like interesting thinkers. And I think when they when they seep through society sometimes is when we get those special things, you know, like when stranger things happen, people were like, this is revolutionary. Why? Because Netflix was giving control to people who created their own content and paying them well. And people would have been like, there was no way. There was no way anyone could do this. There's no way someone can make a company where people have creative control and they get to do their own projects and get a large budget, you know, but it's, and they bring in new stars. But there's another way because they came up with this new uh, feature where this, this company came up with this mail-in fucking DVD service. And then people were like, what is this? It's going to work. And they were like, let's partner with Blockbuster. And Blockbuster was like, nah, we don't want your shit. We're going to create our own thing. And Netflix was like, oh, no. And then Blockbuster went under and Netflix created a whole new lane that is now uh, being essentially having bites taken out of it by everyone from Hulu to Tubi, the free one. And that's economies of scale. Like we talked about in the economics episode where different people uh, try to like bite different ideas and creating different versions of it until uh, there's all different kinds of uh, clones of this and everyone's lowering their prices to stay competitive. So though that's a uh, economies of scale, if you ever took economics or if you remember economics, but that's uh, that idea economies of scale wouldn't even work if everyone was always doing the same thing. But every once in a while, someone sees something, whether that's being futuristic, whether that's just seeing that opportunity. Uh, and that's where, uh, you know, that's there's a different way. You know, some people just can see this. And I don't know if that's you. I'm not saying it's me because I don't always see it. I don't usually see it. Uh, this is usually just helpful for podcasts. <laughs> But uh, I, I just wanted to see, let's let you like think about that, I guess. I don't know if any of this made sense or if any of this was really dumb or if all of this was really dumb or if this all this sounded like a high rant. But essentially what I was trying to do was uh, make the claim that we often limit ourselves to two options that we think are black and white. You know what I mean? And there's not, it's not I don't want to be as lame as to say like it's sometimes it's not black and white, but it's gray, but it's not black or white. It's a color that you've never seen before. It's like a color that you've never even thought of. And how do you, what does a color that you've never seen before look like? It doesn't look like a, an, like a darker green. It doesn't look like a yellow. It looks like something I can't describe. It doesn't look like a rainbow. There's like that, that other, that's, when I say it's not black or white, it's a color you haven't seen. It's like, I, I can't tell you what a color you haven't seen looks like because we can only conceive colors that we've seen. But it's, you know, when, when you see it, when you see something that you haven't seen before, uh, an outfit, uh, hair, uh, a dog, uh, some kind of food, uh, anything that's just something that you truly have never seen before. You're drawn to it and you have to look at it and you're like, what the fuck? The stars in the world, you know, like when we see when we see things like people like I was talking the other day about Susan Boyle, the the old lady who was, uh, I shouldn't say it like that, the, uh, the mature lady who was an opera singer on America's Got Talent. And people were like, what the fuck? We've never seen that. There was like that the 2010s where it's full of shit we've never had seen because of Vine, the viral era, you know, and now we're full of things that we have all always seen. And the things that we, not we've all always seen, but things that we, we think we've seen before, things that we seem similar to things we've seen before. So we discount them. And that's what magic is really. That magic is doing things for people that they think that they haven't seen, 
you know, and that's why I'm a magician. This was all a very round episode. This ended with me being a magician. So this is the episode today. I don't know what it was about. I do know what it was about. It was about the false dilemma and how we can stop limiting our minds, you know, from 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 everything, you know, from from everything. It sounds like I've been doing acid. I have not been doing acid. But anyway, this extends to politics. This extends to to everything like that, but specifically politics, uh, not necessarily with the presidential election. I don't see that changing anytime soon with this dilemma or the the, the binary of like Democrat, Republican. You know, it's always going it, to not for now, always it's going to be a, a waste of votes um, to try to switch that now. And I was going to say that and maybe there's another way. I take that back. Would it be a waste of votes? You know, if this I said it would be a waste of votes to try to do something about this now because I wanted to be practical. But thinking about it, they they spent like a hundred billion dollars on this election. Like you guys can look it up. It was pretty close to a hundred billion dollars on like advertising and shit for this election. You know, they could spend if they spent seventy five billion dollars reformatting uh the election process for what is what would it be 2025 if they spent 25 billion dollars making a new way where we could all vote online and where and then if they spent that money for a bunch of like i don't even know do you do you pay for hearings or something like to to take away the um the house of representatives you know what i mean to take away the maybe not the house of representatives per se but take away how they represent all of us even though we don't necessarily want them to sometimes you know, like make it so the popular vote weighs more, but still keep the representatives there. How much would that cost? You know, would that cost a billion dollars? Would that cost a hundred billion dollars? If we could figure out a way, like there's probably a way where we could do it, where we could all vote on time electronically, have all of our vote count and still not have all the representatives lose their jobs. You know what I mean? They could still like lobby for us and in, in front of like the president or something like that. I don't even fucking know, but it's, we don't have to have the current uh, system that we have, but the only way, the reason it, it is the way it is, is to keep the people who are currently in power in power. And people are like, well, we can't change it. Cause that'd just be too much. But why can't we? Because it would cost too much. But if we're spending a hundred million dollars every four years, wouldn't it have been a lot cheaper a long time ago to like fix it a different way. That's a really simple example. There's a lot of things that are way more complex, way more in depth, way more nuanced and way more like, uh, cerebral things that you can't really wrap your head around, I think. But I honestly can't think of one because I'm not at that level in my thinking, you know. And I don't, I'm not trying to like get to that fucking level, but like I think it's interesting to see like what 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 are your limits for what you can conceive, you know? Like because there's like a lot of people who do calculus and and like fucking physics and all this shit that are like working with like abstract concepts and like extrapolating on these concepts and like doing things with these these thoughts they're calculating essentially thoughts that we like if i would have had this then what is the probability that this may not have happened and it's like what the fuck you know what i mean so (laughs) i say you know what i mean so much i i'm trying to stop this so yes anyway thank you for listening to i hate everyone podcast i'm rj the magic can on instagram you guys can hit me up anytime follow me on the tiktok if you guys want to see some magic videos i should not do i I don't even know what i'm gonna do i don't know don't don't follow me oh and i might have a sponsor i had someone reach out and ask if i would do some videos and potentially my podcast sponsoring a new weed paper company not even new it's a weed paper company that has seeds in the weed papers rolling papers 
seeds of weed in the rolling paper. This is really tough, guys. I hope you guys know this is late at night. This was late. Anyway, <laughs> I might do this this new uh, this new thing. I might I might uh, have a little sponsored segment in here so I can get some uh, free uh, papers. We'll see what happens. Get some uh, get some little bit of the bag. We'll see. We'll see. So anyway, thanks for listening. Talk to you guys later.